Welcome to the Lore Ladies, two bookish besties working in the animation industry. We are your hosts, Laura and Lauren, known collectively as the Lores. Join us as we talk all things nerdy and entertainment. We discuss books, movies, animated shows, and we'll have occasional guest stars such as talented folks from our industry and authors of your next favorite book. Well, Laura, how are you doing? I am doing wonderful. Thank you, Lauren. How are you? I'm doing great. Yes, doing great. Book release was successful. Yay. They are out in the world. Woo. I cannot <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, it's super exciting. Your launch party went really well. And they're out there. Veilborn and Flight of the Sereni on Amazon. And, you know, go read it. I've read it. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for an awesome launch party. That was fantastic. Thank you for hosting. Yeah, no worries. And uh, so what's next? What What's next on your plate now that book one and the novella is out? Um, well, book three, since technically the novella is book two. So I am mm -hmm. working on book three and it's going really well. It's 50% drafted. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I have no idea when it'll actually come out because that's, you know, of course, just draft one and there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, you know, finishing the draft and then it's got to go through developmental editing and, um, copy editing, formatting, all of the things. So, but I'm looking forward to next month with you yeah. with Nano Finmo. <laughs> the acronyms are so stupid. <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh gosh, we could just call it nano again. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be, <laughs> but whatever. I will take the encouragement that they offer to, uh, to push through the drafting process. Agreed. You know, it's like, I've been working on my novel for a long time and it's kind of been on break lately. So I'm really excited to use April and nano as a way to just like, just get it there. <laughs> I'm at like 70% yes. now and I'm like, just do it. Come on. So. Oh yeah. It'll get there. It'll get there. I know it. And it's so good too. So far. I mean, I just love your Aww. story. Well, doesn't mean anything if you don't finish writing it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, and it's not just that we're going to be looking forward to, you know, last time we had talked about our, um, favorite holiday fluff movies and we kind of announced our Christmas novellas um, which I'm really really excited to dig into with you um, they're just going to be wacky fun and I'm excited for some wacky fun oh they are going to be so much fun I'm really looking forward to it also I mean I love the holiday mashup idea where we have like the holiday themed stories but then they're like fantasy driven and just, just the whole combo is just so magical to me. It's, it's going to be funny and fun and with some, some steamy parts and all the good stuff. It's yeah. Agreed. It's going to be so fun. Awesome. So today we are what talking book reviews. Yes. Yes. So episode eight, we're at episode oh my eight God. now. 
And it's been a break. So anyone who's here listening, thank you for letting us take a nice little Christmas, extended Christmas vacation. Um, But it's really exciting to be back. Agreed. Yeah, I think the break was necessary for both of us. We've both been Mm -hmm. so busy and I had so much on my plate with, um, you know, the books coming out. There was just too much to think about, <laughs> but it feels great to be Agreed. back. All right. So as we said in the opening, the incredible and our favorite person, Lauren Petrozilka, just released her books. Um, and I wanted to take some time to chat with her a bit of very small snippet of an author interview for everybody. So it's not like you're a guest, but I'm going to still welcome you. Welcome, Lauren. Why, thank you. (laughs) Um, So first question, well, not really a question at all, but uh, tell us about the finally released Veilborn. What would you like to say about it, um, about your book? Well, um, yeah, about the book, um, I was surprised how much of myself made it into the book in terms of how many things that have happened to me throughout my life. Uh, really came through in the book and I actually dealt with Mm. those things. So it became a healing process for me. Although there's so many fantasy elements and and sci-fi elements as well. And, you know, races of, you know, different creatures, just all kinds of different fantastical things, but still there, it was grounded in what really happens to a person throughout their life. And, you know, the way that we process these things. So I was, you know, pleasantly surprised by that. That's awesome. Super personal. I mean, even just reading it, uh, Lily reminds me so much of you in many ways, um, besides the, you know, Faye part. But unless there's something I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I I did grow up in Elf Forest. Revealed. (laughs) Um, Amazing. Oh, maybe I should clip that. Um, what was the process like for you for writing this? This is your first novel. So tell us how it came to be and kind of how you wrote. It was probably quite a bit longer than, um, than what it is for me now, because when I first started writing, I really wasn't sure where to start. I, I, I started in the human world. Lily does all these boring chores, (laughs) um, you know, I got to know, you know, what her life was like and what's going on with her, why she wants to get away, because she just desperately wants to escape. She wants to be away from all of these issues and away from her responsibilities. She's had, um, you know, bad things happen and changed her path. And so I just kind of had to start at the beginning that way and work through it. And it took a lot of time, you know, and after drafting and then reading it back and then getting feedback, I realized I've got to cut a hundred pages. Like uh, this is a hundred pages of a pastoral (laughs) opening of us just getting to the story. But for me, I had to start that way to figure out where I was going. And wow, it felt so good to just chop that off. I was like, God, like, (laughs) God, like, (laughs) (laughs) And I had read, when I had started writing this, I had read another author that said, I have to write 100 pages to get to page one. And it took me a little bit to figure out what that Mm -hmm. actually meant. And then when I was like, wow, that sounds so like 
why would you do that? That's just, that's a lot of work. And then I did it and it felt great. <laughs> so I found that very interesting. My, how my perspective changed throughout the process of writing and um, how I became more and more merciless with my editing. Like I would read, you know, a paragraph and go, no, no, this needs to be way better. I can improve this prose. It needs better pacing. This feels off. You know, I became a better judgment of my own, a better judge Mm -hmm. of my own work. That's amazing. Really learning while doing it and you still created something that's, you should really be proud of. That's really cool. Uh, And I totally understand just slicing all that off. You know, there's so many words that never see final print. Um, Many, many. Yes. (laughs) Many, many. And depending on the author, you know, we've talked about this before, like how Brandon Sanderson writes an obscene amount of, you know, Mm -hmm. words just to know what the world is like. And that's great that he can do that. I don't do that, but um, everybody has their own process. So your book has a lot of really interesting characters. And I was wondering what character ended up surprising you the most from first draft to published draft? Who surprised me the most? I would say Carenza. Carenza. You know, Carenza becomes her really good friend. And a lot of me made it into, not to say that like I'm super, super interesting or something, but um, a lot of me made it into Carenza in terms of like how she approaches things and how just her, some of her mannerisms. And I liked that. So a lot of the Fae are just typically, they're just not (laughs) funny. Like they don't get humor. Lily is funny. She's snarky. And like, she'll like, make jokes and they just like lost on most of them they're like what but Carenza is the only Faye who's funny and I really liked that I liked that she she got humor where everybody else didn't it really helped to lighten up the mood too and for Lily to kind of have a friend who was similar to her because I feel like there were so many people that were obviously so different she was in a different world um great uh I guess coming up on five minutes of a short interview, was there anything else you would like to say about your book um, for people who might want to read it? Yeah, um, actually I found it really interesting. So now I'm at the point where I'm getting reviews back. I'm hearing feedback directly to me as well. And it's really, I know it's great. It's awesome. Um, And it's really interesting to me the different things that people mm-hmm. are picking up on and it's, it's different for each person. And I find that so interesting. Um, and one of the, the biggest things to me was um, I have a lot of guy really? fans actually, which yeah, a lot of guy fans and, and the things that they tell me that they like really like surprise me. Um, well, for one thing I, so personally, I don't like mm-hmm. bully romances you know, I, I think that they're, it depends on the book, but I think that they're pretty toxic. And I unknowingly um, included consent in, um, in all of like every, every interaction in terms of like, I didn't let anything happen in a toxic way for romance mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. I didn't actually realize I was doing that, but somebody brought it to my attention. And I thought that that was so interesting. I was like, wow, I'm that's so cool. That's so cool. I wrote that. it like that without even thinking about it. 
<laughs> that's awesome, though. That's a huge deal. It says a lot about, you know, how you think, you know, because that's how you write. Yeah. And I also, um, so from another guy fan, I heard that they really related to Rannick and the, the struggles that he was going through in terms of weighing responsibilities mm -hmm. versus dreams. And I thought that that was so cool, you know, because obviously I'm not a guy um, and it's more of a challenge to write an opposite mm -hmm. sex character and to do that justice and how much he loved him and related to him. I thought that that was really awesome feedback. Great to hear. Man, it sucks so, that he died. Very I'm much like that. <laughs> well, did he? <laughs> You'll have to read the book. Or did he? You'll, you'll have to read to oh, find out. That's so great. I'm really excited um, that you're getting reviews back even. That's such, besides just publishing, hearing people respond and they've read it, that's like, even just one person who isn't your best friend or your family <laughs> reading your book is a huge deal. So it really is. And I really appreciate the time that um, people have chosen to mm -hmm. invest to read my book because, you know, it is an investment of time and um, getting reviews back from random people is really exciting for me because they're putting faith that their time mm -hmm. is going to be well spent. And so I, very much appreciate that they a read and then b reviewed to so that i can hear what they liked about this whole experience of of reading reading my books and if you do decide to read please be aware the plight of the sereni novella is meant to be mm. read after spoiler read it before it has some spoiler <laughs> yes amazing and they can find your books again where my books are available anywhere you like to buy them. So Amazon, of course, because Amazon is probably the largest distributor of books. Um, Barnes & Noble. You can also, very cool, you can order my book if you like prints. This is just for either paperback or hardcover. You can order my book through an independent bookstore and support your local Aww. indie. So if you go to IndieBound.org. You can order the book through there and you, you select if you have your, your local bookstore, you can find your bookstore there, order the book, and then your book will be available for probably curbside pickup, depending on the situation. I don't know, but um, yes. So that is a great way to support. Oh, that's local so amazing. Bookstore. Yay. Yeah. Isn't that cool? And if you have read the book, please reach out to Lauren and let her know if you liked it. If you didn't like it, maybe don't reach. No, I'm joking. You can still reach out. You know, it's always <laughs> nice to know what people thought. And you can review the books um, wherever you purchased or on Goodreads. Uh, so amazing. Well, Lauren, I'm so excited for book number three, which we can't wait to read. And we'll definitely have another chat about once it comes out. Exciting. Well, thank yeah. you so much. So what do you want to start with? <sighs> well, let's talk about what we have in order. Let's start with the first book we read, uh, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Yes, this was such a fantastic book. Also, I should say there are definite spoilers in this podcast. So yeah, just... <laughs> Have that known. Um, 
Not so much with Addie LaRue, I think, in terms of what we've talked about so far. Not so many spoilers, but um, yeah, just know that going forward. Um, I just really loved the lyrical style of her prose. I thought it was so beautiful. And um, although this was confusing to me for a while, and I wasn't sure why we were seeing these little um, snippets of museum pieces, and it would be like one page where it was an art title, and then... Um, the description of it and who the artist was and so on and so forth. This took me quite some time to figure out, like, why are we seeing this? Um, but it was really cool when we realized that it's um, because Addie cannot make an impression on the world in terms of she can't write anything. Her writing disappears. Um, it was really a cool fantasy element, mystical element. She figured out that she could uh, impress impress her ideas upon people and then they would create it's like a muse. Things. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. 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 That was, I was the same boat. It took me a long time to figure out why there were those weird one page inserts of like an auction house, almost like listing of art pieces. Um, I feel like in general, that was this book for me. Like it took me quite a while to figure out what the point of the book was, you know, for, for a good maybe first third of it like I felt like it was just experiencing the life through her eyes which was really interesting um you know and the way it would jump back and forth through time to see her point of view and how it's changed or how it hasn't changed you know in hundreds of years um it, de it definitely took me a little while to like warm up to it and kind of figure out like why we're reading it but you know I have to say like straight off the bat like V.E. Schwab is an amazing author. All of her books are so good. And this one, I think is probably my favorite book of the last year. It was just, I completely agree with what Lauren said about her writing style and her voice. It is so special, um, you know, and really, uh, like she said, lyrical is probably the best way. It's like poetry. It's, uh, it's really beautiful and something to aspire to as another, you know, writer. Uh, it's a really great story in the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's like poetry in novel form. I just found that so appealing and amazing. I just was like, wow, that this prose usually in like the, um, you know, the fantasy books that we tend to read, it's not so much mm -hmm. about prose. And I really loved that and learned a lot from her as well in terms of how to make writing more lyrical. I did wish that the romance factor <laughs> of the book was a bit more. <laughs> it, it was there, but it was just definitely not even B plot. I'd say like C plot. I agree. It definitely was not the main point at all, you know, and I don't even know if they really liked each other that much, but they kind of did. But, you know, it was more of like convenience. And uh, I actually found the B love interest more interesting. You know, it's kind of like, I love me my bad guy interest. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it was definitely not what I was expecting going into the book. So I would definitely say if anyone's interested in reading this, even after our spoilers, <laughs> um, definitely read it with an open mind and like without any expectations of the genre. Uh, Cause it does have fantasy and fantastical elements in it, but more than anything, I think it's like a, an odd slice of life kind of book. Um, it's really heartfelt. 
Yeah. And we definitely get such a good perspective of what it actually feels like to be her Mm -hmm. to not be able to be remembered by anybody. Um, And that's just such a wild idea. Like literally nobody can remember her. She walks out of the room and she's instantly forgotten. That's pretty crazy. That's a, that's a crazy idea, but um, I really got the sense of what that would feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, it was great. I was really a little sad when I found out it was a standalone, that she has no intention of writing a sequel. It was always meant to be a standalone. But I really appreciated how she, even knowing that, wrote the ending to always leave opportunity. <laughs> you know, like, it's interesting sometimes in fantasy books, you can tie everything up nicely with a bow and they lived happily ever after. Whereas I felt like she really let her characters kind of breathe at the end of the book with like possibilities of them still doing other things and like living while you're not reading the pages. I always find that really interesting when there is like a little possibility for them doing their own thing. Um, So I really hope she ends up writing another one or I think this, this book in particular, I think would make a really nice kind of like drama movie just like a quiet indie film. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was great. See, I actually didn't know that she wasn't intending to write another one because of the mm-hmm. way the ending went. Yeah. She said it was always supposed to be a standalone. Well, I heard that on Instagram. Uh, she posted about it. So if that's inaccurate, you can blame whatever Instagram post that was. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, that's a little disappointing, but, you know, I understand. I also know that she's a very busy Gosh. author, and I've read some of her posts about, like, what she's working she's on right like, now. She's got, like, so that, much so. happening. Oh, yeah. So I get it, you know? You got you to gotta pick and choose at a certain point what your, mm-hmm. what your projects are. <sighs> that is true. We could always do a little more romance, you know, a little more, a little more, you know, which is a good segue probably with, for the next book we're talking about, we're maybe we want a little less romance, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, both sides of that spectrum. (laughs) So we, yes. So we read A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Moss and we're conflicted. It's to say true. the least. Um, yeah, so I was really happy to get a new book by our <laughs> Lord and Savior, Sarah J. Moss. But I have to say that, like, I feel like this kind of took it down a peg for me because there's really some pros and cons. Pros, new book by Sarah. That's great. I did not agree with the POV switch to third person limited. Um, I personally feel that when you're, you have a series that you should stick with the same POV. Maybe that's just my belief. I do feel like that's kind of consistent Mm -hmm. amongst most authors. So I really didn't like that. It suddenly switched to third person. Um, But she's Sarah. She does what she feels is best for her books. And that's (laughs) that. Yeah, I actually agree. It really took me out. I was reading a couple chapters and trying to figure out why it didn't 
the voice didn't feel the same, like the vibe of the book and the connection. Like I'm not a big Nesta fan anyways, but I was willing to like give it a go and like want to feel in her shoes. But I didn't, I really feel it hindered the book not being in first person present. I think it was first person present, the other books. Or was it past? I think it was first person past, but I would also have to double check. First person even. Sure. Doesn't matter. <laughs> just yeah. like, um, yeah. just because she was all, most people I would say considered her the most unlikable character. So like in order to really like her and get in her head, I just feel like that first person would have been such like an essential tool. Um, and you know, Sarah did an okay job. I feel like of making her likable in third person, um, to a degree. I still don't like Nesta. <laughs> um, maybe she's redeemed herself a little bit. I would also say no, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely conflicting. Right. And the other problem that I have with the book is how long we have to deal with Nesta just being a straight up bitch forever. You know, like I felt like she could have started to turn a lot earlier, but instead she just felt stubborn and obstinate and, um, you know, just, nope, I'm going to treat everybody like crap. And that's, yeah. that's who I am, you know? And I just really thought that that turn could have come a lot sooner. Cause I got to the point where I was literally eye rolling at the things that she said to, to people or the way that she reacts, you know, when we're like, I want to say still halfway through the book and she's still mm -hmm. treating everybody terribly. She still has not made a friend halfway um, through the book. <laughs> right. I did appreciate the friendships that she developed. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was great. Um, that was really cool. They've got their little girl mm. group, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. So then the, the other really, really big topic of the book Oh, holy smut. Holy smut. Yeah. It was so much. I, like, I, one of the things I love about Akatar was the buildup for the smut. <laughs> like, it, they didn't just, like, you know, you didn't right. just, like, I guess, porno it, and they just jump right in, and they're like, well, no, you get the emotion, you get a development relationship, and all of that. But this book, like, Nesta was just banging people left and right at the beginning, you know, so, which I already felt mm -hmm. like was out of character for her as kind of like, I always felt like she was a bit more uptight, I guess. In the other book, she was very strict and very caring about her appearance and how people, what people thought of her. So like, this was a huge shift for what I thought of her just getting sloppy drunk and just having one night stands, even though she was traumatized, I get it. But that really set the tone for the whole book of, you know, hey, there's smut in this book. Get ready. And it didn't let down much at all. I think there was maybe a couple chapter breaks. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really felt like Sarah did it wrong in this book. It was, uh, there were a couple scenes where it was used effectively, but I think at that point you've been shocked so much by the other scenes. You're kind of like desensitized to, you know, why most people want to read it. You know, I don't know. What did you think, Lauren? Yeah, I thought 
Well, so she starts out, you know, like you said, just banging people. And then, and it's really in a negative way. Like she is tortured and having a very hard time. And she is using that as a crutch. And then when she starts in with Cassian, Uh it just felt toxic because that was what she used before. The only absence was the drinking. Like she's, they're, they're having this like intense sex and, um, it's like kind of unsatisfying in a way as a reader, because it was just like, Mm -hmm. it just felt kind of negative. There was that one really beautiful scene where she finally Mm -hmm. like actually accepts him. And like, he had given her that really cool. I loved this idea of that symphony symphonia thing (laughs) where he went and he collected. Yeah. That could play the music so she could dance to it. I thought that was so cool. And a thoughtful gift, super thoughtful gift from him. And then they basically like bond and she accepts him without so much saying it. And essentially that was like their mating. They're officially mated there. Mm -hmm. And then he bails. Like the next day he's gone for a week. And I just found that so unbelievable because Reese in, you know, prior books has said like, you know, mated males stand to be away yeah i'm like Mm -hmm. "Eh, he's not gonna Mm -hmm. leave like that -hmm." brings up a good point because the character in the cast we were so used to in the other books really felt odd to me in this one like i know the point was to make a side novel that didn't really deal with reese and Feyre and everyone too much but they all felt so out of character like i felt like they would have been more involved somehow like she was really acting out and like Obviously, people would be giving Cassian a bit more advice, not just being like, you smell like lady, but (laughs) which was essentially (laughs) the only interaction he had about them once they found out that they were like uh, hooking up. Um, I just I found it all really weird. And um, I don't know. I found the other characters a little less likable as well. Maybe it was all because I've been reading so much Nesta and she's unlikable. And I was like, oh, um, but yeah, it was positives of this book. So good things about this book. <laughs> I would say like, that's a lot of the things I didn't like. I did like the actual, like, I would call it the A plot, though. I really feel like the relationship was the A plot. Um, so I'll call it the B plot, the B plot of the book where it comes with the, um, what are they called? The warriors called? No, the lady oh, the ones. Illyrians. Yeah. The Valkyries. Oh, the Valkyries. The Valkyrie subplot, um, which I think is supposed to be the main plot, which doesn't really feel like the main plot. Um, That, I wish there was more of that in the book. Um, Just because we only really got it, I feel like, in the last half. And things happened so quickly. And it was like, all of a sudden, you have, like, you're at 80%. And you have, like, this big, like, climactic scene. And you're like, whoa that was cool but then it was over so I wish they had like given us a little bit more of that earlier on yeah and that's a good point um and I don't want to talk about more negatives per se but the pacing Mm -hmm. was problematic you know we've got all of this like lead up of Nesta being Nesta for you know the first solid chunk of the book and then we've got stairs 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 (laughs) She's running the stairs. She can't get down the 10,000 stairs. And she's, I get that she's building up her strength and she's training and, 
at first she's doing it out of frustration because she actually wants to get into town to drink again. Um, so like her motivation changes, which is cool. There's like she's no eight scenes about to get stairs, down stairs though. There's a lot herself. of stairs. <laughs> There's a lot of stairs. Um, and I just felt like we could have had less stairs and maybe made some more time at the end for like the actual yeah. big scene. And she just unmakes Brialian or whatever her it's name okay. is. I, I'm not sure how to pronounce either. her name. Um, just the way that it all unfolds happens so fast. And I was just like, and then we r- mm-hmm. rush through the wrap up at the end. So the pacing. Yes. Yes. Favorite character, totally a side sub character, secondary character, even tertiary, <laughs> the house. <laughs> I love Winner of the, the house book of the house. Character. It's like the house of wind, right? Is that what it's called? The house. <laughs> Yeah, the House of Wind becomes I, sentient. I still and don't understand this. Novels. They're like, oh, because you have magic, it made the house magic. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Was that is that what it was? Did I totally miss it? Yeah, she the made sword? it. Like just like she made the charm, the charm bracelet. I don't yeah, know. Nessa doesn't deserve it. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I oh. Yeah. I thought that that was really cool, the idea of her making mm-hmm. these blades because she's, like, pounding out her frustrations. But the way that they end up being used, like, they give a blade to fucking Eris. <laughs> that makes no sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the house was really cool. Yeah. I did, like, enjoy all of the kind of... Uh, I guess comedic beats that you got from that because it was such a serious book. Um, most of the time dealing with like very real topics of trauma and depression and addiction and other issues. So it was nice having like a break where they just talk about smut books in a smut book. But, uh, but yeah, I think my favorite character, I don't remember her name. Hold on. I'm terrible. Uh, it's my favorite character is the one I don't remember the name. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> she's one of the uh librarians who ends up being a valkyrie gwen yes oh, i like her a lot um i feel like she was really interesting uh i've read a lot of people also say that like they feel like she's being set up for being a love interest That's yes, the guy. For Azrael. For, there are so many characters now. Yeah. Uh, for Azrael, which I think would be nice. Um, and Elaine was like completely gone from this book. She was in like three scenes, which I also found very odd. Um, but Gwen was cool. Yeah. I feel like she had more reason to be, have some barriers up in those kind of ways. And like for her learning to fight, that was a really big deal. And um, I would love a Gwen nove- novella. That's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Her backstory was heartbreaking, and um, you know, all of her her mm-hmm. character arc was really, really great. I I felt like that was really well done. You know, she's she's also traumatized, and um, eventually gets brave enough to come to the House of Wind to train. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was so cool like to watch her uh, yeah. change over time. So I would say overall, my uh, review for this book is um, 
it felt like fanfic, but I was really glad to have it. <laughs> I still very much enjoyed reading it. Right. I read it in a day. Um, the ending was still good, though I don't know if that will save an entire book. But maybe I'll reread it now that I'm done reading it and see it through new eyes. I think that that's a good idea. I think that um, a reread is in order because mm -hmm. I love Sarah's work. I mean, I think that she's deserving of a reread re from us, <laughs> from from anyone who really like is um, on the fence about whether or not they like it. If they're a fan, you know, give her a shot. She worked hard on it. I also know that she she mentioned in her acknowledgments about how much she had mm -hmm. been going through personally. And this was like a catharsis for her because she had her own issues. And I can certainly relate to that. Um, so that's also why I don't want to like totally drag this book at all. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of parts that I really liked. Yeah. There's just also parts that I thought, well, could have been approached I think a little bit differently. We hold her to such but high standards. Literally my favorite author. You know, so I feel like because of that, and we have such great work in this world to compare it to as well. Like it's a little, you know, you're comparing it a bit against a great, great series and a great author. So like, it's still good. You know, I'd say a solid three out of five for me, which yes, isn't terrible. Like that's good. That's like a B. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. We do hold her to very high standards and it must be hard to be Sarah, you know, to have so many people that have so mm -hmm. many opinions about her work. That would be hard to share. Yeah, I can't imagine noise. the stress of trying to write more books for such a, a loved franchise. Oh, but speaking of the loved franchise, amazing news of the Akatar world is it was just picked up for a Hulu series with the Outri Outrider, oh my gosh, Outlander showrunners, um, which is so exciting because I hope that means we actually get to see some adult TV series, very much like Outlander. Um, and I think that is the best team possible to handle this franchise. I'm so excited. Same. Oh my gosh, this is amazing okay. news. And I think we've been waiting for this for so long. Um, also, it's already starting all of the <laughs> uh, arguments and <laughs> opinions on the Facebook group uh, in terms of people wanting this, but then at the same time worried about how are they, how are these characters going to look? Is it going <laughs> to ruin what I picture for them? I'm like, oh my I gosh, mean, people, you can't have it. It's both very ways. difficult to cast this book. I feel really bad for anyone who gets put in this book. Um, I really hope they get Henry Cavill, just saying, because <laughs> I doubt that's going to happen. But yeah, obviously my choice for Reese, but. Uh, <laughs> he was in The Witcher. Maybe he would do this. He was shirtless a lot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We shall see. I am excited for it. I was kind of thrown for a loop when I read the, um, I think it was in like the Hollywood Reporter or something where they talked about, I guess it was for those who don't know what Akatar is. Um, and they compared it to 
what did they compare it to? Two franchises where one of them was the fantastical elements <laughs> of Battlestar Galactica. I'm like, I'm like, did you read this series? How is that or, anything like Battlestar Galactica? Oh, I don't know, but my brain almost imploded. It's like, wait, first of all, no, we I don't have Cylons or Fae, so maybe the Fae are the Cylons. <laughs> and they're coming to get you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure about that one, but I definitely I got a good laugh out of it too because yeah. I'm like, well, that was ridiculous. But, but yeah, I'm so excited. I think that, um, yeah, that showrunner in particular mm -hmm. is going to do yeah it justice, I think the best I possible choice of existing people. Um, it should be cool. Besides animation, I think it would be really good as an animated one as well. But oh yeah, like an animated um, yeah yeah kind well, of like Fox mm -hmm. Machina. But style. Uh, mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe they'll redo it over and over and over again, like other franchises. So we shall. Exciting. We shall see. Well, thank you for listening today, lore lovers. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on our websites as well. Make sure to go to Laura's website and sign up for her newsletter, www.laurahoman, that's H-O-H-M-A-N.com. And as well, sign up for mine too, please, www.laurenpetrazilka.com. Remember to subscribe and rate our podcast as this will help us bring more great episodes to your wanting ear holes. Follow us on Instagram. We are at Lore Ladies Podcast. Thank you for listening. Now go spread your love of lore and read a book. Maybe Veilborn.